When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Blue Jays fans? Welcome to Jay Bird Watching. And yes, this may be a semi-unfamiliar voice, but I assure you that you are listening to the correct podcast. My name is Adam Corsair. You may know me as the host of the South of the Six podcast, and I am filling in for Mr. Brendan Penicar while he is out venturing the world, exploring things, turning over rocks, being the man. And I'm happy to be here, but of course, I am not alone. Joining me is the brains of the entire operation Mr. Craig Borden. Craig, you're, what's up, man? You're too kind with the brains of the operation, man, because <laughs> as far as things go, the family motto has been no brains, no headache for years. <laughs> so as far as it goes, man, I'm just happy to have you here, have some good shenanigans and good fun tonight. And there's plenty to talk about and plenty to be excited about, my friend. Um, First of all, yes. In fact, so much so that I don't know if you caught this. Now, I know you were you were out and about before we were able to sit down to, to do this, but um, there's some, I, I guess we can call it some breaking news, at least for you and I, and I'm sure by the time people listen to this, they'll probably be smart enough to it, but Eric Pardino is getting Tommy John. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so you didn't that know. That is literally new. I thought you were going to go Kevin Plard to the Red Sox on me. <laughs> that too, but who cares? But no, this is this is more impactful for the Blue Jays, right? Uh, yeah, that is made way more impactful. That that's The other one is quasi uh, Blue Jay culture at this point. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But no, I did not hear that. So yeah. if you want to fill me in, because I knew he had some injuries last year, but seeing apparently you caught the news, that was somebody I was really looking forward to seeing in spring training this year, my friend. Yeah, he's um, he had Tommy John surgery today. I guess this was sort of an under-the-radar kind of thing, and it was reported that, obviously, you know, with Tommy John, he will not be back until 2021. So I know you're the... Uh, the prospect grew of you know Blue Jays Twitter land, and when it comes to uh, someone that, as you just mentioned, people are looking forward to seeing, and obviously to stabilize uh, the pitching aspect of the Blue J- the Blue Jays moving forward. Eric Pardino's name has come up time and time again. He wasn't going to be like an immediate impact of the team, but still down the pipeline, he was someone to look forward to. But it's going to be sort of set back at least a year. He will be back in 2021. Yeah. And in all reality, Brendan, I, or I mean, uh, Adam, yeah, I'm like that apparently already. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam, as far as things go, he was somebody that has been highly ranked on the Blue Jays' top prospects list for years. Mm. And I got the pleasure of seeing him in Bluefield. Yes, the one game I have ever announced in all of minor league baseball, Eric Verdino was pitching, and I was very happy with what I saw. This kid was mowing down players that were way up on him in years, at least two or three years older than he was at the time. And he had no problem, no fear, no nothing. Just completely, like I said, mowing through these minor league hitters. And in all reality, with his injury stuff last year, and now this, this is a guy that already fallen on our top prospects for this show pretty hard. All right, we haven't gotten into the uh, twenty top thirty uh, countdown list yet, but this is a guy that was in the top ten in the last couple of years. Right. So. Yeah. That's a big hit to the organization, man. It's unfortunate, right? But still, this this surgery, this procedure, it isn't what it used to be. In fact, I think, you know, whispers and whatnot, a lot of pitchers just elect to get it, right? And I don't know what that has to do with arm strength. I don't know how this, if that has to do with, like, curing some sort of rotation issues with their arms. But it seems like Tommy John, when, when players get it, they're sort of better than they were before they had it, you know? So maybe this isn't such a such a bad thing maybe this will make them even light up even more yeah nathan abaldi is the most recent ridiculous case of tommy john surgery this guy came through and basically won the red sox you know world series on his back (laughs) (laughs) kind of almost how many innings did he pitch in relief there in that one game in 2017 without the other nonsense that we're going to eventually probably talk about 
Too many. I'll have to look that up. I feel like he threw seven innings in relief in that ridiculous innings game, which is the now longest longest game yeah. game in World Series history, other than the Blue Jays' 1993 epic Phillies battle, which was also one of the highest scoring games in all of baseball World Series history. <laughs> listen, listen, here in Rhode Island, we own the longest game in baseball history, 33 yes, and do. a half. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah look, I like to purge anything Red Sox from my memory, honestly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but anyway, Pardino has been just completely stellar when he has been healthy enough to be on the field and with the guys we have in front of him i honestly think this is decent timing right because if he's going to have a year where he's going to take off the guy's only freaking 19 years old man <laughs> yeah. let him have the year off we still got clovenstein and manoa and everybody else that's coming through this not to mention big nate so yeah. <laughs> there is enough pitching talent coming through that. Let's say those other guys do pass them on the depth chart, right? you got a guy right here that is just as good, if not better than maybe a couple of those guys, depending on how the chips fall, that is easily going to be in this, play, this uh, pitching rotation, I think, at some point in the near future, at least from what I've seen face value while I saw him in Bluefield. I wouldn't be shocked this kid makes the show after he gets settled back in from this, maybe within that year even, because he's got a very live arm. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, the timing, you're right, couldn't have been better. It's better to get this stuff done when you're young, right? Because if he was, like, in his mid to late 20s, I'd be like, I don't know, might not, might not work out. But, you know, with it, with him being so young and so sort of fresh in the organization and the farm system... It's not a huge setback, right? And as you mentioned, there's a lot of uh, pitching prospects that the Blue Jays have to look forward to and that can actually be, uh, you know, arguably a member of this rotation this coming season. But, uh, look, I don't want to bury the lead a little bit uh, right here, so let's just let's just jump right into it. Now, look, the, we have a plethora of things to talk about, right? Some Blue Jays, mostly Blue Jays related, some not. What do you want to start with? Because spring trading this week, people are hyped. People see the bus coming down. We're good. People have seen, you know, the, the players down in Dunedin warming up, throwing and everything. But still, we had this scandal. A lot more details have come out. And still, we have, you know, playoff restructuring. What do you want to go over today? First. I say let's end on a happy note. So let's dive into the ridiculous things going on in Major League Baseball, my friend. <laughs> All right. Let, let's start with the, the, the playoff proposal from MLB. This is, this is a nice way to kick things off because there has been a lot of, shall I say, unfavorable feedback when it comes to what MLB is proposing. And now I sent this to you last night. I said this is going to be a nice topic to talk about because, well, baseball is a traditional sport. And when people mess with the structure, when people mess with how things are done in baseball, it's almost sort of sacrilegious, right? So when we when we approach how the playoffs are structured right now, it's sort of you know, sort of a straight line kind of thing and traditional. Well, they kind of want to change it up. I don't know why. I think they want to change it up just to get more teams in there, maybe. But still, it seems a little confusing, at least to me. So according to several reports, the MLB is, quote, seriously weighing an overhaul of the league's playoff structure which will result in some crazy changes. And on the table right now is this would expand the playoff picture from five teams to seven. Three divisional winners, four wildcard teams in each league, right? So that's 14 teams total. The top team in each league would get a bye, right? And a three-game wildcard round series would occur after that, or during that, rather, during that bye. And the opportunity for teams to pick their opponents is on the table. So here's the breakdown. Team with the best record in each league would get a wild card round by. Two other division winners and the top wild card team host all three games in the wild card round. Two other division winners get to pick their wild card opponents during a live broadcast from three other wild card teams. And the top wild card team plays the unpicked team. So the team that's on by gets to play the unpicked team of the litter. I'm already confused here. So three, the three <laughs> series really feel <laughs> and team with the bye advance to the divisional round. This could be implemented at the start of the 2022 season. I kind of want to reserve my comments and get what you think first. How do you feel about this restructuring? Is this sort of just they're doing stuff just for the sake of doing stuff? Or do you think, nah, man, this is kind of, this is, this is nice. We're moving in the right direction. Where what? are you stand? Well, where I really think right now with this media dump of bullshit that we just got is the fact <laughs> this is literally Manfred and everybody just saying, you know what, 
throw it out to the media, see what the hell happens. Because right. he's this guy has literally been just tr- I feel like almost trolling actual true Major League Baseball fans for years, and seeing <laughs> certain pitchers from the <laughs> Cincinnati Reds <laughs> just freaking go, who yes. are, are you really even a baseball fan? I just think that's hilarious, but as far as, there are some decent ideas in here, but the whole way of attacking it is just so far out of right field, maybe out of the ballpark, or even the city that that fucking team plays in. <laughs> so, but how do you for a team, for, this is a game that has been literally up until our, in our childhood, right? Division winners are the only teams that make the playoffs. We've seen from the '90s go to the wild card change and everything, and the Blue Jays are actually one of the last teams to be a true division-winning baseball team to win a World Series in 1993 against the Philadelphia Phillies. The wild card was instituted in 1994, which, you know, as everybody knows, strike year almost kills baseball in half the country. <laughs> Or sorry, oh, yeah. countries. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a, oh, but this might be a first. Also, just to say this, this might be the first all-American Jaybird watching episode. Just <laughs> so, but on this note of the fact of just baseball goes, I love the idea of adding more teams to the playoffs. But when you're stooping it down to what I've been reading is more or less a reality TV show fucking bite. I'm sorry, I don't want to be watching the Kardashians in my baseball shit. Make them right. fucking earn this stuff <laughs> and let them you get know, to the playoffs. When it comes to like the what I just pretty much laid out to to open this up, that's a goddamn word salad, right? Oh, like totally. I I don't I got lost midway through. So for me, it's just like it's super confusing. I understand the expansion of another team, and you know maybe they didn't like the taste in their mouth of having a a third wild card team, right? Because then things get a little jumbled. Like you need to have it sort of like either one two or four wild card teams to kind of balance it out it's weird to have three so in that respect it's kind of like all right so instead of adding a fourth you have to do this weird like sort of draft right where on live tv these teams are going to pick a team it's going to last like 10 minutes like what are we doing here what is what and this you know it's going to be on the mlb network they're just trying to get ratings over there so to me this is just a forceful thing to try to appeal to like sort of the nba crowd where it's kind of like they're doing their all-star game they're doing a live draft of their all-star teams when it comes to baseball it's just it's not the same right and i i get manfred's trying to like revolutionize the game and appeal to a younger audience but at the same time like this isn't broken this is fine so what's the problem why why do we have to mess with it yeah. So, and the fun thing about the whole like the new wild card format that we have right now, we're just starting to s- see the benefits of this whole, you know, forcing basically the wild card Wednesday thing that we had a few years ago. <laughs> How many epic moments have already happened in that one game playoff and now you're going to take it away and kind of cheapen it out by stretching it to three games? Right. It that's what I'm I love the sudden death playoff. And for a wild card team, the way I see it, that's how it freaking should be. You're lucky to even be in the playoffs with a wild card chance. Make it that wild of a freaking chance, you know? And yeah. <laughs> let them yeah. earn it. And the fact that we've seen bat flips on the Blue Jays' side and everything like that since this whole thing has just been great. Honestly, I couldn't be happier to be with the way the playoff format is right now. Now, if you were going to somehow do a two-round sudden death thing, like the worst team of the three wild card teams has to go through two layers or something like that, and that first team gets the, you know, first wild card game off. Yeah, sure, make it two sudden death games, and that team that was the worst of the three, make them go through the fucking gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, for me, it's it's too much, right? And th- you're right, there is something compelling when it comes to the stress of a one game wild card series right there's something very nail biter about it that i appreciate when it comes to baseball because you know unlike maybe basketball is the wrong analogy but what baseball there's so much on the line and the margin for error is so slim it makes you so tense watching that game and that's part of the experience but when you have three games you're sort of like ah we'll see what happens tomorrow like it just takes away the excitement from it, and for me, that's not that's not part of baseball. That that's it's just you're adding games for the sake of adding games, right? And if if people are right now just a- advocating for the season to be shorter, but in the playoff structure, you want to sh- you know lengthen that. To me, that's counterintuitive. I I, I just don't understand. No, I am against this. I I'm for like 
having a restructure, trying to add some sizzle to it, whatever you got to do. But when it comes to having seven teams, I don't know, man. Like, 14 teams, that's a lot. That's almost half the league. There's literally right? as close as you can get to half. With that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you're telling me that, like, half the league deserves to be in the playoffs? I don't think so. Hockey doesn't even do that. Right. <laughs> so... I figure at least a minimum this we should be talking expansion before this even conversation even comes yeah. up. Yeah. I don't understand how you cannot have the you know the Montreal Tampa Bay X rays involved in anything going on here <laughs> without this being at least a thirty two team league. This is like having an eight team fantasy football league and half the team make, half the teams make the playoffs is a joke. Six. Like if six teams make the playoffs out of eight. Well what are we doing here? Uh, it's just ridiculous. Like I said, I'm all for if they want to play with the format or whatever, but if you take the one game playoff out of this whole thing, that that wild card Wednesday where the Tampa Bay Rays swept into the frickin' playoffs that one year before we had the wild cards and everything, the playoff for the Sunday yes. game, that was literally one of the most nail biting situations. And I'm not, I had nothing invested in that being a Blue Jays fan. <laughs> so to be that glued to the TV, just being a baseball enthusiast was epic. And I think that's what they created by having that sudden day playoff with what yeah. they got. Yeah. Who is that? Who is that ex Blue Jay that was on that team? He was rookie of the year for us. Hinsky. Hinsky. That's who it was. That's right. Oh, he was on and like he six playoff teams in a row. <laughs> he played for the Red Sox. I do remember that. That dude he was on the Rays, Red Sox. He was on the Yankees, I think. Giants, something like that. It was insane how many teams he was on there. And he's he made the playoffs. Yeah, he's retired. Unlike yeah. his t- old teammate Travis Snyder, who was still kicking around. <laughs> and hit on the lunchbox hero, man. But yeah. they, no, to put a bow on this, to me, you're right. I think that if they're going to expand and add two more teams, like say they put one in Montreal and one in Nashville, right? All right, that's cool. Now we have 32 teams and we can have 14, and that's fine. Like at that point, you're not doing much, but at the same time, you can maintain a similar structure to what you have. You don't need to do this weird pick your opponent thing. To me, that's that's just dirty, right? Why would the team... Right, picking their their opponent. Why wouldn't you pick the worst of the litter? It's oh, yeah. obvious, you know. It the only situation that you wouldn't pick literally the worst team out of that group there is if you just destroyed one of the teams like all goddamn year. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like if it was like how the freaking Astros rolled over certain people, like we're gonna talk about here shortly. <laughs> it's just if you didn't have that epic domination over somebody, why wouldn't you just pick the worst team? It's ridiculous. Well, you segued right into it. You wanna, Points. you wanna. <laughs> well, I mean, on. <laughs> shoot you. Score. So let, let's let's jump into the Astros, right? It seems like they just won't go away, right? When it co- comes to MLB Network interviews, that sort of fell flat and didn't work in the favor at all into the, the PRS. <laughs> oh, you talk about word word salads. Um, we have a little touch of a Blue Jays aspect to this, right? And I know. People like to reference the game in 2017, and, you know, it's been done ad nauseum, but there's no exception here. So former Blue Jays reliever Mike Bolsinger is making some headlines recently, right? And as a result of the cheating scandal at the hand of the Astros, it looks like Bolsinger is making the claim that the need to pay him some cash as a result of legal damages here, right? So the background is, if you don't know, on August 4th, 2017, between the Jays and the Astros, the game with the most trash can, trash can bangs Mind you, try saying that three times fast. This is the game with the most trash can bangs in the Astros scandal, which is interesting. Bolsinger came into the game in relief and gave up four runs in just over a third of an inning pitch. And as a result, he was cut, and he has never pitched in the big leagues again. Now, although the amount of damages that Bolsinger is personally seeking is pretty unspecified, it should be noted, and I think this is pretty cool, that part of the lawsuit, he's seeking $31 million to which he is demanding the Astros pay towards an L.A.-based charity, which pretty cool. Yeah. But anyways, he's making a legal claim here, and I don't know if he has a leg to stand on, but you can't argue that as a result of this game, he pretty much got his career knocked off of him. So what do you make of this? Do you think, like, obviously with the legal mumbo-jumbo, that's not in our you know wheelhouse, but do you think this is legit? What do you think? Honestly, I just hope it at least brings more attention to this whole nonsense because yes. this is yeah. getting freaking ridiculous to the fact that certain things have not happened in the midst of this you and i were kind of alluding to this before the show and we're going to dive more into this so i don't want to go 
crazy on it, but the yeah. fact that certain punishments seem to be proper in certain places, and it's like not even heard of in others. So that's one part of this whole problem. The second part is I think the Bullsinger actually has some data because I, from some things that we were talking about before this show here, Freddie Freeman in a recent interview said that one of his teammates, I can't remember for the life of me who that person was, basically got destroyed by the Astros that year and never pitched again in Major League Baseball either. So this is two occasions where Major League Baseball pitchers, that were guys that are probably, don't get me wrong, on the edge, maybe just above that quadruple A level of player, because I would think Bullsinger was going to be a salvageable reliever. Yeah, he wasn't the starter he once was in L.A., but, I God, he has a live arm. I figured he'd be a relief pitcher for years, at least a lawn guy out of the bullpen. So knowing two guys basically got screwed because of this banging on a trash can bullshit, it's ridiculous. And they actually, I think that they should be winning something out of this, especially if Major League Baseball comes down and says, yeah, fine, go right to that charity with that money. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the cool thing about it, right? Now, obviously, he's seeking damages for himself, which, you know, whether you think he ought to be, I think he does have a case because, look, maybe you can argue that, you know, if you want to play the other side of the equation, you could argue, hey, man, like, it was only a matter of time before he got knocked out. This just sort of accelerated it. This, like, you know, really met the inevitable sooner than later. Maybe you're on that side of the equation. I'm certainly not. Right, relievers are a dime a dozen, man. Like you can, it, there's no reason why this dude couldn't get a job immediately after. But obviously, the bad taste of giving up four runs in such an immediate, you know, period of time, uh, you know, teams are going to be weary to pick you up. But for me, it's kind of like, I don't know, man. Like this reeks of dirtiness. This whole thing is just terrible for the game. Terrible, and like it, it it's making me. I don't want to hate the Astros, but I definitely want to boo them, which is weird. Like, I, it makes, if anything, this is good for baseball because it makes people want to watch the Astros just so they can watch them lose from now on, right? And that's pretty good, right? If you want to look on the positive side of the equation, that's pretty good. But, you know, the, the interview with Hinch, now the lawsuit's coming out, and this is going to be one of many. I promise you other players are going to do the same. Um, it just keeps getting messy, man. It keeps getting messy. So I hope there's a precedent sent with this right now, and I hope that he does, you know, breaks in a little bit of money. He kind of deserves it, right? Yeah. No, I agree with you, especially when you do have players coming forward and saying, you know, I'm act I actually regret this now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Marvin Gonzalez was the most recent today. And then, of course, more stuff is coming up about Carlos Beltran and why basically he was losing his job with the Mets, <laughs> which is another laundry list of resume of why he shouldn't have gotten a job in the first place. <laughs> the, but, oh, my God, I just this is basically taking this whole situation of why I hated Alex Rodriguez and still literally cringe at seeing Alex Rodriguez to this day, is now every player I played on that 2017 World Series championship team yeah. to me for the Houston Astros. It just reeks of, ugh. <laughs> Can't even say it. Yeah, it's weird because I was talking to a buddy of mine today, and he's a hardcore baseball fan. And he's like, you know, I don't understand what the big deal is. Um, people sign steal all the time, which is true. right? That's, that's not up for debate. And Moreover, there's not even like a rule against it. There's no written rule that says you are not allowed to steal signs like if you're at second base. That's why catchers, you know, do the motions. They change up yeah. the signs. I've said it on this show before, Adam, that I've done it when I played high school baseball. Yeah. It's, it's if you have a chance to relay something that you happen to get insight to while you are in the course of playing a normal baseball game, great. Relay it if you can. It, right. There's still even a freaking 50-50 chance that the guy it's hitting might not even understand what you're signing. Yes, so, that's what I'm saying. Or might not even be paying attention. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is baseball. There's a lot of lapses. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think that's where the the line in this whole situation is, Adam, is the fact that this is not due to normal causes of being on the field. This is all environmental stuff that happens to be in a modern major league baseball ballpark, correct? But they went above and beyond in using that data and crushing other teams with it and i would just think that banging on a trash can is a little freaking rude and insulting <laughs> yes yes so. i mean don't get me wrong it's clever right it's clever to, to to have these things and you know it's obviously it's something that no other team thought about which you know give credit i guess to the astros but for me it's kind of like 
yes, sign sealing is not illegal, but using the technology, especially like apparatuses that excel these things and that, you know, pretty much eliminate uh, any sort of delay. It's all in real time. That is illegal. That There are written rules that say you cannot use technology. Look at the Yankees. They couldn't use a freaking eye watch in the, in the dugout. So they, yeah. they got nailed for that, right? So you got to get rid of them. Same thing with the Red Sox. You can't have tablets. You can't have uh, laptops. You can't have phones. You can't have computers. You can't have any sort of TV monitor in the dugout or in the bullpen. Yeah. You can't do it, right? That, that is literally against rules of baseball, written rules of baseball. And th- this team spat in the face of that. And to me, that's the issue, right? That is a huge issue. And for me, this organization, I don't know that they've been punished enough. And there are more and more things coming out here. And like I said, you're going to see more lawsuits. You will. You will see more lawsuits from players. You will see other teams start to bitch about it. And moreover, dude, if I'm the Yankees, I'm pissed. I am pissed. I am on the phone today calling, you know, the front offices of MLB, like the, the grand castle of MLB and say, are you seeing this right now? This is bullshit. Like th- something more needs to be done. And something I'm sieging does. the castle at this point, man. I got the <laughs> trebuchets and everything. I'm just freaking hacking at that wall because I think it's going to come crumbling down and they're going to have to do something more. I think on the organization level, they did the right thing. Okay, they lost some draft picks and whatever. Yeah, it could have been a little bit more, but there is some serious ramifications there with those draft picks. They are getting screwed in the Major League Baseball draft for the next three years for how they built this team to even be what they're at right now, right? They built this team up that we currently are seeing mostly through the Major League Baseball draft. So that's all talent that's not coming into that pipeline anymore. Where I'm shocked is the fact that they gave players any kind of immunity at all in the midst of this conversation and still didn't give them a freaking 15-game suspension or 20, 30, or even maybe the lifetime ban, depending on who the hell's actually doing what, you mm. know? But the fact that the way I see that does, if you do any suspending to anybody that was still on that team in 2017 throughout Major League Baseball, right, look what that does to this freaking Astros team. They're automatically a last-place team pretty much for this whole year, unless they go on the most ridiculous tirade of winning streaks after because what it's going to do is that's 15 games that are already in the hole because they're not going to win with a double-A-level team on the field. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and then it's going to completely jack up their 40-man roster, even for 15 games. That's half their team right now was on the 2017 team. Imagine having it, to move all those players around with minor league contracts and trying to jumble fucking options and shit, man. It'll be horrible. I understand that you can't just ban players outright this year because you're right. Like you're you're going to put a terrible product on the field. You will, and you know although there are other teams out there, Baltimore, that have a terrible. You know, oh, I'm sorry. I, I have Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> you know that have terrible teams out there that are pretty much putting up not even double A talent. You have like single A talent on the team trotting out there daily. Um. Yes, but that's more of like by design or by shitty design. This is like removing these players are going to be on purpose and, you know, due to a punishment. Um, so I, I don't want to say necessarily what I would do if I was the head of the snake here. But at the same time, more needs to be done. And, you know, the, the thing that gets to me the most, and we were talking about this off air, you know, right now, Pete Rose has a leg to stand on. He re- legitimately does. Like, if ever before, to me, this is the brightest light that Pete Rose can hang on to to get back in. Because, dude, for real, like, if I'm him, I'm saying, yo, these players admittedly cheated. Admittedly cheated. And you gave them complete and utter immunity to anything. I came out and said, yes, I did this. It took me a while. Don't get me wrong. I said that in a book. But still, I came out and did this, you know, flip-flop back and forth. But I'm owning up to it, and you're still saying no? Like, no. come on. Then the fact that he was cheating for his team to actually win. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I understand that the gambling thing because of the Black Sox scandal way back when is a very big stain on Major League Baseball, even to ancient anybody history. that is. Yeah, it's ancient history. But this whole thing is just, it's on such a ridiculous scale. This is a whole team up through their management buying through this. And even though their manager didn't freaking admit to it on the MLB network thing the other day, that was the literally the biggest l- garbage answer you could have said. That is literally right up there with pleading the fifth for any of the steroids guys on Capitol Hill. 
Oh yeah. If not even yeah. worse, because it, it he basically said he did do it, but go ahead and prove it. <laughs> well, yeah, like what, Verducci did a great job with the interview, and he's he's talking to Hinch. He's saying like, "Did you use buzzers?" And he said the MLB did an adequate investigation, went above and beyond, and found nothing. That's not a no. And I think I even tweeted that out like Hinch, just say no. And you even said like it's because he can't or something to like. No, I, you I can't. I can't remember saying what I said in that tweet, but I just just said you know it's like well I think I know the answer already. You just told yeah. me. <laughs> yes. You know, it's there's literally no more by... bullshit you could rub on it and polish it. <laughs> It's literally to save face. That's a, a premeditated precautionary med- measure, right? Because he knows there's like maybe a 2% to 10% chance that he could come back and manage. It's possible, right? He's got to serve his year suspension, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that he will manage or at least be a bench coach for some other team. It's possible, right? Just and to so say, he- Rafael Palmero tried his comeback too, and that went real well. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, he... He's leaving the door open, and he can't say no, because if he says no, and we're living in a time where evidence comes out in crazy-ass fucking ways. So, you know, someone has something, right? There's an ex-Houston Astro player right now. I'm just spitballing here. This isn't happening. But imagine there's an ex-Houston Astro player right now that's super pissed and is like, yo, bro, I have pictures of you guys wearing buzzers. If you don't give me X, Y, Z, these are being released to the media. If something like that happens, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Right, so he can't say no. I don't have uh, these buzzers on, you know, under the jerseys. That never happened. He can't say that because if he does, well, guess what? If something happens, he's he's guaranteed to never have a job again. Guaranteed. Yeah, hundred percent. And but there's only so much political correctness that you can say, and this still just reeks. <laughs> it's just. This isn't even like dancing around the fire. This is, he's in the fire and <laughs> the whole place is caving in. Don't worry, everything is fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like well, in the animal house with Kevin Bacon screaming, <laughs> everything is fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, to put a bow on this, like, I, I, we get pretty heated. Obviously, you and I are passionate baseball fans. So, like, this, this does kind of hit for me because, in a way, I'm sort of teetering that line of traditionalist and untraditionalist. Like, I'd like to see the game move forward in, you know, relevant ways of the times with 2020s and whatnot. I'd like to see that while still maintaining its its beauty, while still maintaining its, you know, historical context to it. So when it comes to this, this just disgusts me. And, you know, roping it back to Bullsinger, I do think he has a leg to stand on. It. And it's pretty cool, like, in a way, for Blue Jays fans that, you know, he he's doing this because of what happened to a game against the Blue Jays, right? So that's sort of going to be an historical context from now on, and I, I think that's special. I think I think if if he can do this, he deserves it. He deserves to make something out of this, and if nothing else, if he doesn't get any personal damages rewarded to him, if nothing else, the thirty-one million dollars to charity that just shows you that he's a class act. So for me, go Bullsinger, like go all day. I hope you win this. Yeah, I. I just can't believe that that's even part of this whole thing. I didn't read that in too far into it, and knowing that's a piece of this whole thing with him, like you said, there's nothing better you can get out of this situation. He's obviously, if he's that far off and not pl- even in player shape or something right now, at least he's taking this as a, yes, I'm getting enough to cover what I should have made in two years maybe, yeah. and then he's getting this. And it's that's where the, the, you know, the financials will hurt somebody like the Houston Astros, but... In all reality, both singers giving it the, the right people, and it's great. It's a win-win. I just hope that it does ha- stick because, as far as this whole thing goes, I want somebody to drive a stake through the vampire here. Okay. <laughs> Something has okay. to go happen. Well, look, like I said, these games against the Astros are going to be must-watch TV. Not that Blue Jays games in general aren't must-watch, but still, like that's going to be. I guarantee you, everybody. Th- I guarantee you, Roger Center will be sold out. Guarantee you for those games, and they're they're going to be there just to boom. Promise yeah. you. And I just hope we shove it down their throat because that Altuve freaking interview at the beginning of the season. Don't worry, we'll be in the playoffs again. I'm yeah. so pissed. <laughs> All that means to me is I, we found different ways to cheat. Don't worry. And then Bregman smirking the whole time through his freaking interview after when reporting to what their Winterfest thing or whatever it was. I was like, you've got to be kidding me, right? I want to light that town or that like that whole thing up right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so. All right, well let's 
let's transition to something a little bit more positive. Let's Yay. bring it back to the good days, right? So, like I said, spring training is pretty much here, right? I'm sure everyone of you that's listening to this podcast has seen the videos on Twitter, seen Hazel May in, in the cage and having uh, Great Chuck telling her to get out of the cage. You know, we've <laughs> seen all these things. Um, <laughs> it's really cool to see Ryu in a Blue Jay, well, not a jersey, but still in Blue Jays gear, warming up, just tossing the ball. It's, it's, it's common. It's here, right? Even though in Rhode Island right here, it's like 30 degrees. I can only imagine what it is in Rochester. I'm sure it's blistering cold. It's a sign that spring is coming. Um, and, you know, when it comes to spring training, a lot of fans like to overanalyze things and go over them with a fine-tooth comb. We are those types of people. And after all, extended absence of baseball, that's to be expected. So let's start with the pitching aspect because, you know, pitchers and catchers reporting. What's the one thing in particular that you're keeping an eye on this spring? Um, you know, the rotation as it's set right now, Ryu, Roark, Sh- uh, Shoemaker, Anderson, and Barucki, that's sort of what prima facie that's what we have to deal with right now um you can throw thor and yamaguchi waggis pack anybody else you want to go into this uh this equation what are you looking out for in terms of the pitching aspect i'm looking for somebody to rise to the top other than ryu Mm. as far as it goes and honestly i really any of those names i really think could be i think shoemaker just like we kind of predicted last year is going to be the guy that really settles into that number two spot I really think he's just going to pick up right where he left off right before he got hurt, yeah. and he's going to be a force. How good did he look last year? It, it so was good. just insane, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I just don't see how, you know, you see him fall into place, and then I, I there's something about the, all this collection of pitching that is just making me think that somebody is going to dark horse this whole thing and really throw a wrench into that whole conversation this spring for that fifth spot especially. And whether it's Ryan Brocky just comes out and comes back to form or Nate Pearson is just so ridiculous you can't say no at the end of spring training, (laughs) (laughs) whatever it might be, that whole conversation there. And then I just don't know who misses out on that conversation and it looks so good, ends up becoming just a ridiculous piece in our bullpen. Just goes out there and airs it out for an inning or two just to get major league experience a la the previous Aaron Sanchez mold, you know. Mm-hmm. I think for me, a lot of talent. Oh, yeah. You know, for me, like, when you look at the list, Shoemaker is the one, as you mentioned, that obviously jumps out, right? And even though right now, on paper, he's slotted in as the third guy in the rotation, I agree with you. I think he may slot into that number two spot sooner rather than later. And I know, obviously, like, after the first, you know, part of the rotation goes through, after the first five days or five games of baseball, after that, rotations don't necessarily matter. They, they sort of do, but it's kind of like random at that point. It's kind of a um, status thing, right? Yeah, yeah, if anything. Um, the thing about Shoemaker is that obviously that performance last year in the beginning of the year wasn't sustainable for all year. Like we can, I think, as baseball fans know that there was going to be some slumps in, in between. But still, the stuff was there. And if you are encouraged by anything, this is a lower body injury, specifically like just his, his knee. So... That has nothing to do with his shoulder. That has nothing to do with his mechanics necessarily. We see Mark Stroman come back from this strong. There's no doubt in my mind that Sh- Shoemaker is going to light it up when he comes back. But the person that I'm looking at the most that I want to see more from, Barucki. He's got to prove it to me a little bit more. Yeah, but I think he's got the stuff to be able to do that. I'm just curious Thanks. how it all comes together. What do you think? I'm not sure, dude. Like, I, I don't want to call him injury-prone, but he's kind of injury-prone. <laughs> and like, I know the career is still young. And uh, look, when he when he was coming up through the system, it was very encouraging, right? Obviously, we had to still wait on Pearson, and it's common. But with Barucki, it's just when he's on, he's on, but he's just off more often than he is on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because of the injury aspect of uh, that he's been dealing with, but when it comes to consistency... I just need to see it. And if, if it's not there, it's kind of weird, but, like, give me Trent Thornton. Like, give me Trent Thornton in that five-star. Even Waggis Pack. Con- Yamaguchi's kind of like a wild card. Like, if he if he lights it up, I, I'll be pleasantly surprised, and maybe mm-hmm. he will. But I don't know, man. Like, Trent Thornton kind of impressed me a lot last season and maybe, maybe a little bit more deserving of that fifth spot. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that, especially with what Thornton did in his last month month and a half of the season you saw leaps and bounds in his mechanics his everyday approach to the game just seemed different kind of like that i belong here kind of feel to it you know what i mean and like you said it's an experience level thing 
Right now, in my opinion, if you were giving somebody based on what he did last year, I think you have to give Trent Thornton a job. Period. Yeah. And I don't think his stuff would carry as well out of the bullpen. Just something about the way he the, – the plethora of pitches he throws. Just that – you know, he has like four solid pitches. That's a starting pitcher to me. That's not a guy out of the bullpen. So at a minimum, if he doesn't make the rotation, he's going to be at in Buffalo to start the mm. season. There's no in-between for him, right? And whoever has issues, gets hurt, whatever, he's going to be the first to call if he is not the fifth guy. I don't see anything outside of that. But with what that guy proved, if how is he not Charlie Montoyo's guy right now is my question, if he isn't. Yeah, and you know, like as of right now, the bullpen is kind of stacked, right? It's it's pretty stacked. I'm not saying it's it's good stacked because again, it's filling oh, out nicely. <laughs> yes, like in terms of quantity of bodies in the pen, there are a bunch, right? And you know, whether or not you want to believe in Panone making an impact, I'm not necessarily there. Mm-hmm. But like Patrick Murphy coming in as a bullpen guy, that's fine if that happens. Sean Ree Foley, if he solidifies himself as a bullpen guy. And can sort of get the command issues like straightened out. I'm cool with it. That's fine. Like Gaviglio in there, uh, Romano, all these guys. Like if they can solidify themselves, great. But still having these eight bodies, right? And, and we mentioned the five, and then Thor and Yamaguchi, Waggis Pack. Those eight bodies, I'm content with the the last three, six, seven, eight. I'm content with them in terms of a uh, we have a just in case insurance policy right now. And for the oh, past two years, yeah, the Blue Jays haven't had that. Right, we're relying on these weird names to fill in the gaps, and like, oh, we're just gonna have to scrap heap and find someone to who wants to pitch today, Roger Center. Like, Who's come on, Michael Baller. Yeah, randomly. <laughs> come on down. Like, you want to play? Like, but now we have some sort of stability, and like, obviously, here it is, Craig. Knock on desk. I don't r- wish injury. I don't hope for injury, but it's sort of inevitable. Inevitable when it comes to pitching. So having Trent Thornton and Yamaguchi and Waggis pack as the like the back end, wet back back end of the rotation if something should happen gives me some sort of stability and confidence that we may not miss a beat those are the kind of things that make me reassure even that much more that we're probably at a minimum of 500 level team this year right just because there is that depth and the fact that you know this team is going to hit better than it hit in the last few years i'm I, i'm having trouble seeing where some of these flaws fill out the team yeah we might not be a clear standout in any one area of the game, but I don't know if you listened to the show last week or not, Adam, but we did a full-on position-position comparison to the Red Sox last week, and all Blue Jays bias is aside, on paper we have a better team than the Boston Red Sox, and they were just on the outside of the playoff look last year. Especially with the subtractions, right? And as you guys mentioned, especially with bets gone, like this is... This is going to be obviously like there was sort of in limbo at the time, but like now that he's officially a Dodger, the the Red Sox, I don't know, man, I'm not seeing it. And a lot of people want to say like, oh, the Blue Jays, they're not mature enough. They they need a little bit more time. The Red Sox will still finish third in that in in the in the AL East. I'm not seeing it, dude. I I really do think the Blue Jays can overtake that team for sure. The biggest thing that the Blue Jays have going for them is insane upside, you know. Yeah. If Vladdy Bo Biggio and Lourdes Gurriel just come in and destroy American League pitching, that's an offense that most teams are foaming at the mouth to get, right? <laughs> so, And I don't think there's even a – I think the average side makes us a good offense for those four guys. If they're all popping 20, 30 home runs a year and this year and have 80 RBIs, that's a lot more runs than we scored last year. And that's well below a lot of the projections that I've been seeing for Flatty again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, we're not even talking about, like, Travis Shaw being inserted into this team. And although he had a, a very down year last year, like, pitch, I mean, pitching, hitting in an American League East ballpark, I think will be favorable to him. Like, he did it with Boston. Right. And so having, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, being in some sort of familiar territory. Where like the hitting aspect is a lot more favorable and the, the you know the fences are a little bit shorter. I think it's going to do wonders for him. I think we may see maybe not nearly as consistent as Justin Smoke was, but we'll probably see something similar, right? Yeah. They're they're not too terribly different in terms of stature and whatnot. In terms of like it's either a bomb or it's nothing, right? <laughs> and so like Travis Shaw for me like that's an interesting addition that you can really have in that like center of the meat lineup. I I just think that this team has so much potential. Problem is, though, flexibility. 
Yes. Yes, as for Travis Shaw, right? Problem is, when you look at the outfield, besides Lourdes Gurriel, I'm cringing. Hardcore. Oh, carousel, man. Yes. yes. <laughs> now, are so, you trying to get segue points here? Because... <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's... Yes. Picked up on it. So, yeah, slightly. Let's segue into this, uh, this, this wet dream that Blue Jays are, are having... Blue Jays fans, rather, are having. So let's talk about the chatter regarding Jacques Peterson. Now... Oh, sorry, I thought you wanted to talk about Puig again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I the you wrong, gotta no, there. I got the wrong notes. Oh, sorry. Uh, that that's for late. I hate but that um, one. yeah, apparently the the deal on the table between the Angels and Dodgers fell through. Um, pretty much the Dodgers were doing that to free up some payroll and to you know field free up some field space to make room for Mookie Betts coming in, which kind of makes sense. But they were gonna send him to the Angels. Now he's on the last year of his deal, and he's making just a bit over, or just about actually, uh, seven and three quarter million dollars. Very welcoming when it comes to a team like the Blue Jays, right? That's that's pretty cheap for a one year deal for a guy this productive. And you know, when you're talking about teams that need outfield help, well, guess what? The Blue Jays are one of them. Here, so. You know, I don't know if this is something that the front office would do just because of past moves, but this season they've been pretty aggressive, at least in the free agency front. So what do you think? Like, in terms of trades, we haven't seen them being super aggressive for major league-ready talent. We've seen them ready to trade for talent that's, like, on the cusp of AAA to majors kind of right there. But in terms of already established triple, I mean, a major league-level-ready talent, we haven't seen it. So... Do you think this is something they're going to do or at least explore? And do you think he's an appropriate fit for the Blue Jays? I think he's a perfect fit. I'm I agree. bluntly honest with this whole thing. <laughs> I know he's only got one year left on his deal, Adam, but as far as everything goes, this guy checks every box and what I want in an outfielder right now. Not to mention, apparently, he's already had a pretty epic showing with a future teammate, Vladdy Jr., in the All-Star game this past year. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, um, but, oh, my God, dude. This guy has been doing nothing but destroy home runs in the National League. Yes, he had his career high in 36 home runs this past season, which as far as potential trade bait goes, that does hurt the, you know, what the Blue Jays would have to give up to get somebody like him having 36 home runs and 74 RBIs. But come on, man. This is a guy that literally, this is a playoff team with somebody like Jock Peterson in the outfield. Mm. Move Randall Gritchick over, get Jock Peterson out there. Those three guys... That's a that's a team that I'm very happy to be trucking out there every day. Imagine and just salivating <laughs> having this much home run talent in a lineup that already is boasting what we have. He's played three games in the Rogers Center, twelve at bats, right? So this is a super small sample size, super small. But three games he had three. Uh, sorry, yeah, he had three, four hits, one double, two home runs, two RBIs. The uh, the line was 333-333-917 with an OPS of 1.250. Again, super small sample size. But maybe a change of scenery was doing well. And plus, not that he was doing poorly with the Dodgers, but when you hear your name coming out in trade talks, when you hear that you were pretty much almost traded at the 11th hour and then it fell through, I don't know if I want to play with that team anymore. <laughs> like, I'm not showing I don't... up for spring training, man. Because yes. I'm yes. just expecting it to be a high. Whoops, see you yeah. later. <laughs> Hey, man, like, I don't know if you saw Twitter or anything, but we were kind of trying to trade you, and uh, no big deal, though. No, no big yeah, deal. Yeah, so you've been traded for a bag of balls. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right? and, and when you look at the – I don't know what the asking price was from the Dodgers. I imagine it was relatively high. So and I, imagine I do happen to have that in front of me. Oh, you do? <laughs> so because it was part of the weirdness of what was going on and the Mookie Betts trade, and this was semi-dump. It was Jock Peterson, Ross Striplin, and Andy Pages in exchange for Luis Renfro. Okay. And I didn't even know who that was until I looked at the Los Angeles Angels' depth chart. I'm not really seeing anything to be terribly excited about here. Is <laughs> from looking at Renfro's line. Maybe he did better in the minors, but this is a guy that only batted 238 in 108 games last year for the uh, Angels. Yeah, some better minor league numbers, but not anything like... It's not Vladdy. <laughs> so this screams of something that should be doable for the Blue Jays. And clearly the main part of this sal this whole trade, looking at what the actual trade was, was to even out money 
for right. Jack Peterson. Payroll. Because I think right now they're well into the luxury tax threshold right Correct. now. The Dodgers. And that's, what did you say it was? Seven and a half million or whatever? Is- okay. So that is a sizable chunk of money coming off their payroll. And for a team that has little to no payroll outside of Ryu now and Troy Tulowinski, sadly. <laughs> and Rich. um this seems like this would be like i said we have a chance to contend this year this is a move that you can pull the trigger on and be very satisfied in in worst case scenario you're out some money in a prospect and it's not even gonna have to be a terribly good one if we're gonna eat the money it seems like you know you look at right field and i just don't like the great chuck fit and obviously in center field i don't like hernandez there and if nothing else if no move for peterson's going to be made uh, we've talked about this. I kind of want to try out Alfred. I, I think that he could, I don't know, I just believe in the kid. I, I love the athleticism. But if if you're able to acquire a Peterson, right, and obviously I think the Blue Jays can beat that offer, and we can eat that payroll, and we could be like, yo, bro, walk. Like, walk after this year. Fine. Like, we won't bother you, but, like, we're trying to win here. Like, this is a try-to-win move, right? And if you do that and move Grechuk to center, it's not sexy with Gray Chuck in center, but at the same time, like you have a stable, pretty much every position, yeah. pretty much every position you're stabilized, and not only that, the offense is just going to be that much better, right? This you're not going to get Tay these... Oscar Hernandez to like a DH role, which is or... in all reality what we've been talking about for years on both of our shows. <laughs> yes, yes, and like I'm fine with that. Like, yes, he's a whiff machine. For sure, but Just like, like these so two guys we're talking about. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, so it was Teles. He's a whiff machine too. Like, so when it comes to this, like, package someone. Like, it, put it this way: if it took giving up, and it probably wouldn't. I'm just spitballing here. Like, if it took giving up a Teoscar Hernandez or, or a Rowdy Teles to land this, which I think is maybe not better, but still, like, if you throw in like a, a, a prospect from the A level, I think it gets it done. It almost seems like it'd be a minor, a major league ready flyer, is more or less what I'm looking at with Renfro from the Angels. It yeah, that's why the whole deal fell through. But like those couple of guys you just mentioned there with Telez and Teoscar, we all like them. But in all reality, if you're not looking at them with Blue Jay goggles, they're wild card players at this yeah. level. Yeah. You know, you don't know if they're going to quite pan out or not. Both of them have just ridiculous amount of power which plays very, very nice in the American League East, but are either of them even going to put up the 250 batting average consistently like Jock Peterson has done? Probably not. I You can make the argument, <laughs> but I know yeah. both of them are also not going to get on base like Jock Peterson does. Yeah, yes, he can... strikes out a lot, but he still gets on base. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Like, the system is still robust, right? It's still pretty rich with talent. So even if you have to dip into there, and give up a, a someone like that you sort of covet, but not like we wouldn't say like a top ten guy, maybe within like the fifteen to twenty range in your system. I'd be comfortable with that, even with a one year rental, quote unquote. I'm comfortable with it. And you never know, right? Maybe something surges with this team and they make a a decent postseason run. He's like, well, goddamn, I want to play with this team because they're still young. We could do this again. You never know, right? And so in that aspect, just push push and and push the chips in and and make the move because right now this is a need the the pitching aspect's fine we've been over that the outfield is my biggest concern and if you can insert a a peterson into the lineup dude i watch out watch out this becomes a thunder uh, lightning rod for freaking offense i think with jack peterson this because there's nowhere to hide your worst hitter quote unquote on the team at that point would be Randall Gretchick, Teoscar Hernandez, or maybe you make the argument with Reese McGuire and Danny Jansen in the catcher spot right now, which I think both of them are going to do a lot better offensively this year, even though Danny Jansen says he's winning the Golden Glove this year. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to hit better having a more consistent pitching staff, period. But looking at the depth charts, man, outside of some of the guys we've been naming here in the minor league level, the Derek Fishers, the Anthony Alfords of the world, our next real – outfield prospect is all the way down in single a with griffin conine right now right that's a long way off for waiting on an outfielder if you're not going to make a move for somebody like peterson in a trade like this that just seems to be screaming to happen because the dodgers want to get rid of him you're going to still be going into the off season looking for an outfielder probably because conine's still another year off 
if mm. none of these guys pan out this year? Well, that's the do? thing. Like, if, if they don't pan out and Peterson walks, you're still in the same problem. So no matter what, you're in the same problem. Correct. Right? And so what What do you have to lose? Like, you're to not me, losing it. Yeah. To me, you're getting an audition for Jack Peterson to see how he hits in the American League. And if he sucks, you let him go. If not, you, if he does great, you sign him again. Yeah, and, like, there's no hurt. And, obviously, with this lineup, they're thirsty for him. Just another left-handed bat? Let's go. Like, <laughs> this, to Watch me, the is the button. perfect marriage. Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> let's go. Like, maybe he's not going to pan out. Maybe he, he won't be the thunderous guy. But, like, again, this is the American League East. So hitter-friendly. Ridiculously hitter-friendly. And you never know. Maybe this, like... If I'm Peterson, like, and this is, like, obviously he can't control where he gets traded. I'm not fairly certain he doesn't have a no trade clause mm-hmm. um if i'm peterson i'm thinking like yeah it sucks that i'm getting traded and obviously i don't want to play for the dodgers because they want to move me but at the same time like i have a chance right now to hit the bejesus out of the ball and really get a sweet contract next year wherever it is but it's up to him right so for me it's this is a perfect marriage and you're uh, look circling back you're probably not going to get him for rowdy Teles or teoscar Hernandez. it's probably not going to happen but there are, like I, we mentioned, there are bodies in the system that are, I think, pretty intriguing for a team like the Dodgers to really be like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll. you're taking the payroll and you're giving us a guy with the upside. Sounds like a win-win. Yeah, and I think that's how the Dodgers are looking at this whole thing, looking at this trade. They were giving up three guys, one of those guys being Jock Peterson, <laughs> and yeah. for a for a for a, a wild card. Like I said, this prospect that they were going after is 22 years old, but. I, like I said on paper here, I'm not seeing anything that's blatantly going, oh, my God, other than the fact that he somehow managed, and I'm assuming all defensively, projected at a 1.6 war last season. Okay. And so it's all defense, though. Yeah. Are they just hoping to have somebody ready in case Corey Seager gets hurt again in the middle infield or <laughs> something? It just seems weird to me. It's like, like I said, this whole thing doesn't scream prospect to me at all. Maybe he's been on that thing, but... Maybe that just shows you how thin the Angels minor league system is. <laughs> well, look, look, if you want if you want a major league guy, you know, that's that's pretty good up the middle. We got a guy named Brandon Drury. Like he's <laughs> look, if, in the month of April. Of balls. <laughs> yeah, look, month of April, he's your guy. He is your guy in the month of April. Anything that happens after that, it's not our problem. Yeah. But still, month of April, he's your guy, man. Trust me. <laughs> good you know, stuff. That's not happening. But still, like it's Look, to, to put a bow on this, I hope that they actually, you know, at least explore it. And given the aggressiveness that they've exhibited in the offseason, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, whether or not they're standing firm on their prospects, I don't know. And that probably remains true because they're when they like a guy, they like to hold on to him. Like, look at Derek Fisher. So maybe, maybe Fisher is going to be a surprising, you know, aspect of this team and we'll forget about Peterson. I'm not banking on it, but... Right now, a kid can dream, and uh, I say, you know, push, push, do it, Blue Jays. But in the midst of that, Adam, when you have a spot like the DH right now, is kind of open for for any kind of interpretation that you want out of it. Let's say Derek Fisher does hit, and you have Jack Peterson. Okay, well now you're giving all four outfielders a day off once a week. <laughs> That's not the worst thing to have. It's, when you don't have that void of a Kendris Morales eating up a spot on your lineup every day. I love watching Kenneth's Morales as much as I did, but as far as it goes, that we don't have that person that is pigeonholed into a DH role right now. So, okay, maybe Jock Peterson gets a couple days off here and just completely destroys pitching, and then you know you just keep moving it around. This gives Charlie Montoyo the flexibility that they keep profiting in their and their from in their interviews and everything. We got all this control, we have all this flexibility. This is one of those things that is a low risk high return situation and that high return could be as simple as the blue jays getting to the playoffs this year music to my ears man that's Boom. that's what i want to hear i want to see some october blue jays baseball uh deep october blue jays baseball and um if if it means like making a push for a guy like this i'm for it so Look, that's all. That's all I got. Uh, I know this is like I, I, I'm filling in right now for Panacar, so I hope I did an adequate job. Um, yeah, fun, I man. yeah, it's it's this is this. It brings me back, Craig. So, <laughs> well, I don't know you if did you such have... a good job. I promise you, we'll have you back next week. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I'll be here next week to fill in. I I can't replace Brendan. I can only adequately 
So I'm being called up from the minors for this. So like I'm here for for a short stint. But uh, we got I don't you know. On one ever... of your three player options, you'll be okay for this year. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any closing statements? Um, I would usually this would be the spot where the guest says what we're doing, but I guess we're just gonna have another week of Jaybird watching next week when we're hoping to have more of the inside scoops on the what's going on with the Blue Jays spring training camp, man. They got a new building and everything that we're gonna finally get to see some of the fruits of the labor. Some leaks spread uh, are coming out now, but as far as everything goes, Adam, everything I've seen so far that ballparks is making me want to be there like now <laughs> and i'm just wasting my life here in rochester new york <laughs> you and me both man car the car started in my imagination and i'm driving down to the right now so <laughs> can't happen soon enough my friend palm trees and beers baseball good stuff can't wait um all right well uh, let's let's close this out traditionally with a big old let's go blue jays so uh let's cool. go blue jays let's go blue jays Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.